0: I say, can you dig it? Put
1: your two hands up like that. Can you dig it? Can, 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 can. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood. Jacob. I wanted to kick the show off by talking about, talking about the biggest game of the weekend against a uh, multiple-time MVP and uh, up-and-coming young player in uh, LeBron James and and Jeremy Grant. I'm, of course, talking about Lakers Pistons, unless you watched another game this past weekend that you think we should talk about. Yeah, I mean, I'm
0: down to talk Man City Liverpool. Um, <laughs> that was a pretty big game. That's where I thought you were leading
1: in with this. Oh no, no, no! Well, okay. there are a few directions you could have gone with that then. Uh, but yeah was man.
0: there was there another game? I I, I, <laughs> I
1: don't know. The, so the, we we won't talk about this for too long uh, to to keep our listeners on the on this episode. But uh, Al- Allison, I think, was City's best player. On Sunday, <laughs> two big chances
0: created. Uh, he was trying these bizarre no look passes out a goal that uh, apparently he needs to look because he was passing them right to city player, uh, city players repeatedly. That got ugly quick. I was nervous because City have not won in Anfield in, I think it was seventeen years.
1: Uh, and then that that pen they miss. It was like, well, yeah. it's just not. It's never. It's not going to happen.
0: When so, I was pessimistic enough that coming into today, I was debating betting against City. That pin went zooming over the crossbar. Um, and I almost on the spot bet money on Liverpool because I was like, It's this, I've seen this play out before, we're not winning. Um, fortunately, I didn't because that ended terrifically. Uh, it was a great lead into the day, but it's it's been a it's a fun weekend. Obviously, Lakers, Pistons, and then yes, we're aware We're making the same joke. Everybody else will be on podcasts on Monday, but we too also watched the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, but uh, Chelsea Sheffield was also
0: this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah,
1: i I don't know if it was big to anybody else, but in our friend group, uh, it was a very big game. Uh, it ended two one. Mason Mount scored, which means he's going to continue to get playing time. He actually played really well, but it was against, you know, a team facing relegation, so whatever. Wilson
0: didn't play, so nobody nobody <laughs> Not cared even about in Chelsea. the squad. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to assume he's hurt because otherwise I might be worried.
1: Yeah, I, I I think it said something about like so it was reported that it was uh it was a family issue. That he either stayed home for—I don't know what was going on. There were a lot of—he
0: was preparing for the Super Bowl. He had a Super Bowl Bowl party, and he had
1: a (laughs) make the guacamole dip. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, before before any of that happened, uh, we did have a Lakers-Pistons game on Saturday, and Saturdays are my day off. And Jacob, you covered two other teams that aren't the (laughs) Lakers. So what was funny about that day is, if you guys can believe it, Jacob and I do talk when we're not podcasting. <laughs> um, we talked amongst ourselves and we were like, okay, well, at least we can all get together, uh, uh, us and a couple of friends virtually and watch the fourth quarter of this game. should be, you know more no more than 20 minutes of our time. Fast forward three quarters later, (laughs) the most like there's some double overtime games where you're like, oh, God, I just never wanted it to end because it was so fun. That did not apply to to this Lakers game. Um, Don't get me wrong. LeBron did hit some shots on the stretch where I was just like, all right, well, it feels nice to have LeBron James on this team. I, I just wish he did it in regulation. I wish everybody hit the shots they did. Uh, Caruso showed up real big in, in double OT, uh, and uh, yeah, LeBron, but boy, would I have not liked to watch those. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I would have liked to not watch <laughs> extra time, uh, basketball.
0: Yeah. The Lakers were in this weird mood of like being completely annoyed that they needed overtime to win, but also not doing literally anything to help themselves. Like they were, they just looked exhausted, generally annoyed that the game was still going on, but then they were doing a lot of dumb things, uh, particularly defensively. LeBron seemed to largely be doing what he, or basically whatever he wanted on offense. Um, listen, I don't really understand what the Pistons were doing defensively down the yeah. stretch. Uh because Mason Plumley kept like willingly switching out onto LeBron, and uh, somehow, oh no, okay, yeah, this this felt more right. I was looking at the right one, so or at the wrong one. So NBA's matchup data has LeBron being defended by Mason Plumley for. I I'm not entirely sure how they break these possessions down. Seven point oh five possessions, so essentially seven possessions. LeBron scored 12 points. The team scored 17 points. LeBron was 5 of 8 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3 against Mason Plumlee. I don't think he. LeBron missed in overtime. Let me look real quick. I think he was like, oh, he missed one. He was 4 of 5 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, 10 points. Did basically whatever he wanted. It was just the Lakers didn't seem to care a whole lot on the other end to get stops. And, Lord, like you said, I took a break. Pelicans game ended. Um, I was like, all right, I'll take a break. Just sit back, uh, watch the fourth quarter of this Lakers game. Yeah, and then like two hours later, it was like, oh, my God, please (laughs) just let this game end. And that was largely the mentality the Lakers seemed to have. That was just a a really odd game. I don't know. You made the joke. I'm glad we don't have to see this Pistons team in the first round because that team is annoying.
1: Yeah, it is arguably... The most like irritating Pistons team the Lakers have seen since the postseason in in two thousand four. <laughs> it is it's a low bar
0: because they, <laughs> there haven't been a lot of good Pistons teams since then. <laughs> but yeah, that team was it was I, d- I don't know what it is about them. I've watched I watched both games. There isn't really anybody on there. I mean, Josh Jackson looking like. I don't even know. I was going to say Kansas Josh Jackson, but I don't even think he played that well in Kansas. Like having the game of his life, like DeLon Wright scoring 22. uh, I mean, Jeremy Grant's been good. He was probably the top guy on the scouting report. So him scoring 32 points, not really that stunning. It's the 50 points that they got from DeLon Wright and Josh Jackson. That was a little bit more surprising.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was that was a real head scratcher. I thought I thought Kyle Kuzma had like a great start to the game. I remember, you know, checking in mid-third quarter, and I'm like, huh. It looks like the Lakers have like a well balanced game. They should be able to, you know, get this one out pretty easily, especially after the way the last game ended. Um did not end up being the case, but I do think the the big adjustment that Frank Vogel made down the stretch was letting Dwayne Casey continue to put uh, Mason Plumlee on LeBron. Um, I think it worked like the first two or three times. And so Dwayne Casey was like, this is what we're rolling with. Mason Plumlee, LeBron James stopper. I've always thought this many people are saying this. Um, And then LeBron was like, oh, okay, well, I'm faster than you. And I'm just going to blow by you every time I'm switched on to you. So there was also a few possessions where I, I don't know. I don't know when the Pistons game plan changed to just run everything through Mason Plumley. but there are a few possessions on defense. Uh, at least when the Lakers were on defense, that just ended with Mason Plumley taking like mid-range jumpers with the shot clock winding down. And it's like, buddy, do better. <laughs> um, you the it seemed like it
0: it was an odd overtime because it seemed like LeBron being guarded by Mason Plumlee was kind of working in this bizarre way, and then there was I was just pulling it up that was the noise you heard I'm I'm sorry I was pulling up the play um, with like a minute to go in the overtime where LeBron it looked like it was about to be a wasted possession LeBron was just kind of Dribbling around at the top of the key. Plumley was staying in front of him. It looked like LeBron was gonna lose the ball. And then like I guess something clicked in his head and where he was like, Oh, it's Mason Plumley, and he just <laughs> drove right around him and got the layup. And it's from not... that point on, LeBron just did whatever he wanted against Mason Plumley.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. Maybe he had like more respect for Miles or Marshall and like didn't want to <laughs> test it, but yeah. It was, he came to the realization it was uh, Mason. LeBron, another like, I don't want to say it's an MVP performance against the Pistons in double OT, because like, I don't know if this is the game <laughs> voters are going to look back at and say, this is when LeBron James solidified uh, my vote. But that
0: Saturday night at home <laughs> in double overtime against the Pistons.
1: Who, by the way, had the worst record in the Eastern Conference going in Saturday night's game. Still have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. It, it, there was no reason it should have been as close as it was. But both times they played him, it has been. Uh, but yeah, 33 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds for LeBron James. Still shooting a really high percentage from 3. And um, I don't know. I I do not watch a ton of football. Admittedly. I, I mean... God, I'm trying to think of a sport I watch less than football, I guess. Cricket? Hockey? Cricket? Yeah. Rugby. Um, But watching Tom Brady today, because I'll watch the Super Bowl every year. It's just something to do. Um, watching Tom Brady dominate for as long as he has and watching LeBron James dominate for as long as he has, it just seems like... We are in, whether you're a football fan or a basketball fan, if you're not a basketball fan and you ended up on here, it's either because somebody clipped us or (laughs) I don't know why you're here. Uh, But I feel like we're just like in a moment in sports right now with those two specific athletes where it's just like unprecedented how great they've been for, for how long they've been great.
0: Yeah, that's honestly the perfect word to describe it. I think in some ways that both of them are doing it at the level they're at, at the age they're at, is somehow, like, normalizing it almost, like between the two of them. It is very not normal. For Tom Brady's 43, won the Super Bowl on – in a season where he played really well. Um, I mean, there are a lot of comparisons I think you could probably make between Tom Brady's season that just finished, I guess, Sunday and LeBron last season, um, where it's one of those things when you get in the playoffs against those guys, it's terrifying if you're the other team. Yeah. Um, Just the amount of times they've been there. And, I mean, in a lot of ways, the Super Bowl Sunday reminded me of the finals in the bubble. Like, Tom Brady looked comfortable. He looked methodical. He just picked apart the defense. Um, He was – never seemed like he was rushed. And it ends in him – I mean, obviously – if you wanted to further extend the comparisons, the Tampa Bay defense was really good on Sunday, as was the Lakers' defense in the finals and whatnot. But I mean, three touchdowns for Brady, only seven incompletions. Uh, finals in, or I should, um, Finals MVP? I, got, I mean, Super Bowl MVP. But that—that's the point. Um, it was an incredible performance and. LeBron James-esque for what uh, LeBron did in the finals last year. But just the way the two are dominating their sport, I mean, 43 is crazy old for an NFL quarterback to be playing at this level, Um, probably even more so than, I don't know, that's an interesting comparison I haven't thought about. Is it crazier for LeBron to be playing at this level in the NBA at 36 versus Brady playing – at his level, in the NFL at 43. I mean, generally, quarterbacks can play longer um, in the NFL. 43 is still just unheard of in really modern times. That'd be an interesting kind of poll question or something. I'm not sure. But, um, I mean, in ultimately, the fact that they're both doing it, I think there are a lot of comparisons you can make, the way they're dominating their sports at their age, And like I said, in some ways it feels like it normalizes it. This is very, very much not normal. These two are both all-time greats, arguably the greatest of all time in their sports. Um, And as you said, it's kind of a moment in time that is very unique that we, I don't imagine we'll ever see again.
1: Yeah, and like, I, I do want to specify that we're making the LeBron Brady comparison because the Super Bowl was on Sunday and like LeBron just won a championship. Serena Williams is also an example of somebody that's been dominant for like mm-hmm. so long. Like for me to have grown up watching Serena Williams dominate and for her to continue to do it now is insane. like there there is I don't know. Serena Williams is 39 years old, which is yeah, nuts I was, I was, to me. <laughs> I was just looking
0: that up to see. I mean, I knew she was up there, too. I mean, it, it's very fair. That's, a, that's the name that I've been uh, mentioning um, on Twitter, if anybody follows me. I've seen a couple of people say, is Tom Brady the greatest of greatest? And, I mean, Serena's up there. But, yeah, mainly we're making this comparison because the Super Bowl was last night as you're listening to this. And that's going to be the topic of conversation for the next couple of days.
1: I'll tell you what, the final score to the Super Bowl sure looked a lot like the final score to Game 6 of the NBA
0: Finals. <laughs> that was about halftime of the score of Game 6 of the Finals. Uh, <laughs> it I, was... I, I still have on my DVR, I'll go through and clear it out, Every so often, it automatically you can set basically your sports teams, and it'll automatically record all those games. Game six of the finals is not leaving my DVR; like it's still there, the original. I've gone back and watched. I mean, really, just watched the first half, that second quarter. It is glorious. I might go back and do it tonight, <laughs> just because <laughs> it's so much. It's so incredible to watch the Lakers. I mean, obviously, everybody, almost everybody listening to this watched it, so I'm preaching to the choir, but just the, the switch they flipped, the level they were playing at, I miss that. Especially, I miss that especially when they're slogging through a double overtime game against the <laughs> Detroit Pistons on Saturday.
1: Uh, when we get back from the break, we'll cover some other news that came out uh, over the weekend, so that'll be us. A... Well, the weekend uh, wasn't all fun and games, Um, and you can even argue that it was mostly not fun and games. Uh, But we did get a... I don't know. I don't want to say scary injury update, uh, but the word Achilles, whenever it is in an injury update ever, is going to cause some concern among Lakers fans, and we got an update from the Lakers in their injury report uh, that Anthony Davis was listed as questionable to play against the Thunder with what they are listing uh, as Achilles tendinosis. I, myself, am not a physical therapist, and <laughs> I could not tell you a thing about Achilles tendinosis. But, um, yeah, like like I said, it, it's just that the word Achilles, I think, just spawns a very bad reaction from people. It, it is a source of worry.
0: Especially Lakers fans. That's a it's probably a trigger word.
1: <laughs> the one thing i will say is the fact that he's questionable and hasn't been ruled out is is a good sign. I don't think he'll play because i don't think they need him to play against the thunder on monday. Um but if he if for some reason he is sidelined for an extended period of time, i think this is when you look at the Lakers' depth. And you feel comfortable with them playing at least a few games without Anthony Davis? I I don't like to think back to this time, Jacob. But if you can just humor me and think back two years ago when the Lakers had to play without LeBron James uh, in you know during that stretch with the with the baby Lakers and LeBron James. They just could not get it together. And as soon as as soon as soon LeBron went down, you had this feeling that it was going to be really hard for them to weather the storm. Fast forward a few years, you know, with a veteran-heavy team and the depth that the Lakers have compared to that year, I do not feel that way about this team. I think, you know, all due respect to Anthony Davis, I do not think losing him right now with this team is going to be as detrimental to the Lakers as losing LeBron was back then.
0: I just clicked on a random box score from that season when LeBron was out. (laughs) Boy, how far we have come. Um, Lance Stevenson played 22 minutes in this game. It was a 15-point loss to Minnesota. Um, Lance Stevenson played 22 minutes. Michael Beasley played 12 minutes. JaVale played 22 minutes, which... I mean, probably a little harsh on Dravail. He was was fine last year, but um, this team is in a little bit better place uh, (laughs) than where they were, as you said back then. Um, Honestly, I would be – man, Tyson Chandler played one of these games. I forgot he was a Laker. (laughs) Um, As we're recording this, this might have already been updated. Dave McMenamin said – uh, in an article for ESPN that a league source told ESPN it is, quote, very likely Davis will miss the Thunder game as a precaution. Um, he's been managing the discomfort, quote, for a while. Just sit him for a stretch of games, to be honest. Um, I've talked on here a, quite a bit about how I don't know, I don't really think the uh, this regular season is all that important. It's definitely not important enough that AD playing through injury. Um, you have a stretch of games here where you can basically, I think you could realistically give him a week's rest. It's yeah. it's two straight games against Oklahoma City and then Memphis on Friday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They shouldn't need AD in any of those games. Um, and then you have Denver next Sunday. You can bring him back versus Denver versus Jokic. But, I mean, even if you're uncomfortable with that, the game after that is Minnesota, um, so this is a a decent little stretch here. Where if this if he is dealing with discomfort, just sit him. Clearly, I think anybody who's watched him most of the season knows that something isn't right. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to h- hypothesize, it is. Um, If it is this Achilles injury, I know he was dealing with like an ankle injury in the bubble. Um, I mean, he had a heel injury, like his foot was not in great shape at the end of the uh, playoffs. Um, So sit him for a week, sit him through this week, basically, would be what I would say. Let him get healthy, let him kind of reset, and then bring him back out because... There's a string of games here that I think he could. One, I mean, ultimately, if you want to win that Denver game, you're going to need AD. Brooklyn comes to town here in a couple weeks. Um, Miami is going to be a big game, even though the Heat have really struggled this season. Utah is coming up here in a little bit. Um, so there's going to be a string of games here that you're going to want to have AD play in, but that string does not include this next week. So I'm a. I don't want to say worried worried is probably too strong of a word to describe how I feel about this AD thing. Um, but it is. I w- whatever a step below worried is, I'll look up synonyms for worried, but uh, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm taking note of it, I guess, because yeah. um, ultimately it could be nothing. May, hope, maybe a week's rest is all he needs to to let it kind of heal, um, reduce the stress on it and whatnot. So um, it kind of makes sense that there is something wrong because it's been pretty obvious he's not been right. Um, they're back from their road trip, sit him for a little bit, get him right, and then just make sure, do whatever it takes to make sure he's.